Welcome to the RUF at UNF podcast. My name is Tommy Parker. I'm the campus minister here at the University of North Florida. I'm here with my co-host and friend, Aldo Mondin. Man, it's been a while, Tommy. It has been a while. Too long. Too long. Two weeks. Two. That's one week more than normal. Yeah, that's true. And it is pouring out there. It's a perfect day to be in a pod cave. Yeah, we should go ahead and... Record like twenty episodes and get yeah, all over knock with. It out. Yep. So, how are you doing? You you got something in the mail this week? I got I got my new bike. I did. It's been a long time coming. I ordered it in November. And I I've, I've been anticipating waiting with you or for you. Yeah. Whatever. With me and for me. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that you finally has arrived. Yeah. So I got my new bike. I didn't bring it today because as we mentioned, it's raining. But yeah. it, it's here, so I can now rule the mean streets of Jacksonville on a ribble. Yeah. I saw you riding down San Jose yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. How did I look? Uh, like somebody riding a bicycle down San Jose. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Could be worse. Yeah. Could be worse. Could be better. Yeah. But you're doing a great job. I'm proud. Yeah. Of, I'm proud of you. Well, thank you. So, uh, ready for a dad joke well you know is there i, I was thinking about this <laughs> were you thinking about you, i was thinking about it do you want to do like brother jokes now or something yeah well i don't know it what it, i mean that'd be great i don't know what other category of jokes we could get into i mean maybe we could get into like some extraterrestrial jokes yeah you know because you know aliens are an ever-present topic in the news That's, i don't know if you knew that i don't watch the news do you think do, do you believe in aliens tommy uh, I do not. Okay. Well, you know what? Some people do, and they say that there's a reason that aliens haven't visited our solar system yet. Do you know what that is? No. What is that reason? Well, they looked at the reviews, and there's only one star. Oh, I you get it. Yeah, you get it. Yeah, I like it. Thanks. Uh, so there you go. That's yeah. That's what well, you got. That's good. That's it's. It was like the uh, tenth down on Reddit. Yeah. Um. We'll the ones ahead. above that were inappropriate for this podcast. So. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you were sensitive of our listeners. Yeah, you know, I want to give the people what they want. Yeah, well, we, but I also want to pass Spotify's. Um, we we don't want to label it as explicit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. kind of awkward. Yeah, RUF Christian Club. Oh, why is episode six explicit? Well. Our downloads would go really high. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe we that's should... what we've been doing wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, welcome back to the podcast as we are continuing our spring semester series on FAQs, uh, frequently asked questions. We've looked at, you know, uh, last week we did a special podcast on how to read the Bible. We looked at discerning God's will. And this week we're going to look at how can I handle uh my doubts uh you know doubts affect us and uh, this is often a uh, question for many believers so you're right aldo <laughs> i thought it was something really funny yeah. it's kind of dark though i'm sorry yeah, all right well just keep it to yourself okay <laughs> um so <laughs> so so we're going to look at this whole question of, of handling doubts. What do I do with my doubts? What do I deal when I have questions about my faith, about Christianity? Uh, and so we're going to look at this question uh, yeah. today. So, Man, well, we knocked that out. Yeah. Well, Ten minutes. Yeah, let's do it. So I got 
what did I say? Eight things to yeah. kind of mention. It's a nice little eight points. Yeah. So succinct. Yeah. So we're gonna run through these eight little things to think through, and then, um, and then we'll go eat lunch. So okay. So first, the first thing I would say about this whole this question, this whole idea of what do I do with my doubts? Uh, I think there's a huge difference between doubt and unbelief. So doubt is not the same thing as unbelief. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, maybe just think about this for a second. Like, I think when we think about unbelief, I'm trying to parse this, but you know, the sense of unbelief is like, especially for someone who claims to be a Christian and then transitions out of being a Christian is there's a sense of choice of like, okay, here's where I'm, I'm making a choice to no longer call myself a Christian Mm -hmm. and to call myself a something else doubt is something that I don't think has that same uh, willfulness, if that makes sense. Like there's a difference between, you know, Hey, I, I'm not believing versus, Hey, like I have questions. I think there's a difference that arises from that. So just kind of first uh, salvo. Yeah. Uh, One quote that's not here on our sheet, but uh, one of my favorite authors, a guy named James K a Smith. Oh, your friend, my friend, we actually hung out in the elevator once. Yeah. But, um, he talks about how how doubt is actually an, an important uh, aspect of our faith as we live out our discipleship. Uh, that because uh, life and faith doesn't often match, and so you know, just thinking through and carefully considering those doubts um, is an important part of our our faith. Um, I did write down two quotes here. Uh, do you mind reading those for us, Aldo? You want both the quotes? Here we go. Yeah. Okay, this one's from Oz Guinness. It's Oz, right? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Uh, Doubt is not the opposite of faith, nor is it the same as unbelief. Doubt is a state of mind in suspension between faith and unbelief, so that it is neither of them wholly, and it is each only partly. Doubt is not the opposite of faith. Unbelief is. Doubt is not always fatal, but it is always serious. Good job. And then Tim Keller and the reason for God. Our friend TK. Yeah. A faith without some doubts is like a human body with no antibodies in it. People who blithely go through life too busy or indifferent to ask the hard questions about why they believe as they do will find themselves defenseless against either the experience of tragedy or the probing questions of a smart skeptic. A person's faith can collapse almost overnight if she failed over the years to listen patiently to her own doubts, which should only be discarded after long reflection. Yeah. Good job. Friend Tim Keller. Yeah. Thanks, Tim. And so so the first thing that we would say is doubt and unbelief uh, are not the same thing. Second is I would just point us back to the Bible. Uh, that is normal uh, people of faith to have doubts. Um, you know, we if we look at some biblical examples, we got Mary, you know, how can this be since I'm still a virgin? virgin um, doubting Thomas there uh, in the resurrection, post-resurrection. Uh, the Psalms are full of expressions of doubt. You know, where are you, oh God? One of my favorites, one that I guess that gives me the most comfort is Abraham, mm-hmm. uh, the, the father of our faith. Faith, in particular, the, the one that Paul uses to to uh, prove our that faith is by justification by faith alone, and we go back to Genesis fifteen, um, and in there at the very beginning, it talks about Abraham believed and it was credited to him as righteous, um, and then 
I think pretty much the next verse there, uh, Abr- or Abram at that point asks, you know, God, how can I know? You know, so this question of doubt, how can I know that these things would come to be? Um, and then that's where God kind of lays out this covenant of cutting animals in half and stuff. Really cool chapter. Read it. But to me, that's... The one that gives me the most comfort is that one. Is the, here's the father of our faith. Here's where everybody points that we are Christians because of faith alone. Um, and the same passage, there is this question of curiosity, this question of doubt uh, that Abram gives to God. Um, do you have any biblical examples that? Uh, well, I mean, you know, the the classic one is, um, you know, the. Uh, the man that comes to Jesus and says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief, Mm -hmm. you know, which is kind of going back to what we said before in that idea that unbelief and doubt are, are different. Like, you know, there's, there's a, there's a belief that also struggles and wrestles at the same time. And so that comes, you know, the scriptures give you that. I mean, there's even, you know, Jesus on the cross, you know, why God, why is this happening? Why are these things going this way? And that, you know, if Jesus can have why questions, Certainly, you and I can have have some why questions. Yeah, yeah. So, again, secondly, just this whole reality that doubts. Uh, there's tons of that's normal of people of faith to have doubts. Thirdly, what I say, you know, this, you know, people often wonder where do our doubts come from. And I think one thing I'll say here is that the, the false expectation of what the normal normal Christian life should feel like in our experiences. I think particularly for our students, you know, we we serve and minister to college students. Uh, you know, they think that normal Christian life is that, that high, that mountain high experience that they had at summer camp or on a mission trip and that all of the Christian life should be like that. Um, you know, when it's, you know, you're in the Dominican Republic for two weeks and doing all your devotions and getting a spiritual high. When basically your full-time job is spirituality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so you're on the mountaintop and not realizing that part of the Christian life is also the valleys. Right. Um, And we see that with people like Job. We see that with the Psalms and the Psalter. Uh, We see that, you know, in other places as well. Um, But I think just that false expectation. And I think what we try to do here at RUF particularly is set up a, a realistic expectation of the Christian walk. Uh, for example, we we sing hymns uh, that often uh, communicate that reality um, and try to put that in the forefront. So any thoughts? No, I mean, that's, yeah, I think you're, you, that misaligned idea, that idea of misaligned expectations can definitely be difficult. And the idea also that, um, yeah, the Christian life is not so much of one kind of straight line in one direction, but it is a, a series of peaks and valleys. And often, you know, we learn as much at the peaks as, or as much in the valleys as we do at the peaks. And, but it's harder to see that when you're in the, in the valleys, but those are, those are normal parts of our experience. And I think that's something that the Psalms, like you mentioned earlier, attest to is that this is the Christian life is one of a variance and adventure like it's not a a just sort of straight line path that's the same for every person that okay every single christian lives like this like no actually it's pretty complicated yeah and i think you know just the wandering through the wilderness is yeah a biblical example of that i think even across the red sea you know here's a a whole 
slew of the people of God, you know, mm-hmm. crossing over for salvation. Uh, and I can only imagine all the emotions and feelings during that time. You know, I could see some people running through that sloshy mud bottom of the Red Sea going, we we made it. We're on our way. You know, hauling, and some people are like, is it going to come? Is it going to fall? Is it going to hit me? You know, yeah. like, um, you know, and so well, I that's think, interesting. Uh, you know, that's kind of an interesting thought, though. Those people are all on the same yeah. the same path. They're all on the same journey. Yeah. And yet they're all uh, might be experiencing the same the same event yeah. in a different way. Yeah. And. Yeah. So I like that. Well, oh, good. Good thought. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, Not well, often do we have good thoughts yeah, on this yeah. podcast, Tommy, yeah. but you know, every now and then just, yeah. Eh, oh. yeah. Uh, no, we have eight points and we're just hoping one of these, one hit. of these is going to be yeah. golden. I can feel it. Um, so fourthly, we'll say, I would say this coming from Jude, Jude, Jude 22, uh, that we should have mercy on those who doubt. Um, Jude 22 tells us have mercy on those who doubt. Uh, I think it's easy for us to judge or condemn or even look down at doubters as their second rate Christians. So a couple of things I would say here, Jude is encouraging us to, to have mercy on those in doubt. And I, and I would also put that towards yourself that you should have mercy on yourself right. as you doubt, uh, as you consider, uh, Christianity and as you consider when life, uh, and faith doesn't really match up as we, we, we would hope or that we would thought. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's a good point of too, just like approaching yourself with a little bit of grace and not expecting that you're, you're going to get it. You're going to be living as the super Christian every minute of every day, but giving yourself that space to say, Hey, you know what? It's okay. Like to have these doubts, to have questions. And by opening up that space, I think it gives you more place to wrestle with them. Honestly, there's versus in trying to like hide them and repress them. Like Tim Keller says of like, you know, the faith can be destroyed overnight if those doubts haven't been considered and wrestled with. Instead, we've tried to hide them away and pretend they don't exist. Yeah. So that's fourth. Yeah. Five. We're moving right along. Come on. Uh, fifth, I would just say this, be ready to live with some sense of mystery. Uh, and we've kind of looked at this a couple of times this semester. Uh, sometimes we want all the answers. Uh, we want all the understanding. We want all this to make sense. However, you know, we looked at a couple of weeks ago with this whole idea of discerning God's will, you know, Deuteronomy 29, 29, you know, the secret things belong to God, right? But the things that have been real revealed to us are for us and our children. Uh, and so the reality is that the Christian faith is built on the sense of mystery. Um, and so, um, so we need to be ready to live in the midst of that mystery, um, particularly when uh, we, we know uh, that, you know, for most of us, particularly us who are Christians who have put our faith and hope. Um, and I would, you know, maybe going back to the Abram, passage there in Genesis 15, you know, that there's a sense of, we are people of faith. However, there is a sense of of mystery. You know, how can I know that I'm going to have children as much as this, you know, stars in the sky as the seashore? Um, You know, there's going to be a mystery there. And as we look at, you know, we can look back and see how that mystery kind of unfolds. Right. Um, but we're also living in this already, but not yet reality of the mystery of the kingdom of God, where Jesus is unfolding some of that in front of us. And so we need to be ready to live with a sense of mystery. Yeah. No, I mean, 
not much more to say on that, but I think the point just being like, Hey, like, you know, the point of Christianity is not, is not for you to get to the end and like you get old enough. And it's like, now I figured everything out. Like, that's not the point It's to like get to the end and be like, all right, now I got all the answers. Like, that's not the goal of Christian spirituality. Now, certainly having answers and thinking deeply about your faith is super important, but getting to the end and being like, all right, I did it. You know, I've got, I've checked all the boxes of like, now I know everything I need to know about this. Now I know everything I need to know about that. It's like, no, the goal is knowing God. And through that, our doubts can be really helpful and exploring those can be really helpful, but also like being willing to embrace like, Hey, um, there are going to be things that I'm never going to find out on this side of my life. And like being able to embrace that as like, Hey, that's okay. I'm going to explore them. I'm not going to just ignore it, but I am also going to be willing to to embrace that sense of mystery. Yeah. Yeah. And what you're saying, I think actually leads into our sixth point is that if we're going to be ready to live with mystery, um, the way we can do that is to make the main things, the main things, you know, and kind of, and this is what you're, I think, hinting at is that, you know, Paul told the Corinthians there, uh, in first Corinthians 15, you know, these are the things that are first importance. Uh, so and he, he goes on, he talks about the atoning death, uh, and resurrection of Christ, uh, that that's the most central thing. Um, and there's, and the reality is that, you know, we're people who make much of secondary things. Uh, and so Paul's encouraging us to be unified and to really focus on who Jesus is, you know, and often, you know, I'll have a conversation with some of our students and a lot of their questions or concerns are over secondary things but they haven't answered the the main right. thing yet of who Jesus is and what he has has come to come to do um, and once you've come to that focus on that be reminded that what Christ has done for you uh, that he actually went to the cross and as you mentioned earlier you know why why God you know uh, that ultimate question is that he did it for us and so in the midst of your uncertainty, in the midst of your doubts, be reminded that we have a Christ who's with us and for us. Uh, and he's proved it on the cross. He's proved it with us in the empty tomb. He's proved it as he's now seated at the right hand of God. Um, and so, sorry, I went on. I got no. preachy a little bit. No, that's good. I mean, just, yeah, focusing on, yeah, focusing on the central questions. Because, you know, there's other questions, too, that I think... We do this sometimes too, where we raise up certain things to the point of, well, if this thing over here isn't true, then that means Jesus must still be in the grave. It's like, I'm not sure that that follows. Like, I'm not sure that that's the case. And you can think of a bunch of, we use the term secondary issues or things like that, but just things that don't logically mean like one plus one does not equal three in this case, um, if that makes sense. If there are some things that are like, okay, hey, you can have a doubt about this. That doesn't necessarily present what a, like a philosopher would say is a defeater for Christianity. It doesn't necessarily mean that if you have, you don't hold this specific belief. I'm trying to, I'm avoiding putting a specific one on it just so that yeah. way no one emails me with like, that's actually the most important doctrine. But yeah. um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think that's what we mentioned earlier and we quoted from The Reason for God with Tim Keller. You know, that's what he does so well is that he points out that, you know, these questions or these doubts, mm -hmm. uh, if you let them continue, 
they actually give you more questions and they, there's more doubts uh, into the uncertainty of answering those questions without faith. Right. Um, and so if you want a copy of The Reason for God, just contact me and I'll give you a free copy and take you out to lunch. There you go. There you have it. Um, seventh, we're going to kind of circle the lap here, the last one. Uh, Last or the seventh thing I would say is just continue to live by faith and not by sight. Uh, that the Christianity that we profess is a one that is live by faith and not by sight. Uh, that we we live and walk by faith. So I could go on, but yeah. and then the last thing I would say I would encourage people who um, struggle with doubt is get connected to a local church. Um, I think like we were kind of pointing out uh, with the crossing of the Red Sea, you know, mm-hmm. that we are a community of faith and also in a real sense, if we're honest, we're a community of doubters. Right. Um, and we need to be reminded. Uh, I think what's cool about, you know, me and Aldo are connected to this thing called the Presbyterian Church in America. And we have a confessional document. That's really like churchy words there. Come on. That's good. Called the Westminster Confession of Faith. Yes. And one part I really enjoy in the confession and in the catechism part. And if, if you're like Tommy, you're, you're not making sense anymore, you know, again, call me and we'll go hang out. But in the confession, it reminds us of how important things like the Lord's supper uh, is to our faith, but also more importantly to our doubts uh, that it reminds us that we get to taste and see that the Lord is good and be reminded um, of those things. So, and then just to preach word of God, yeah. uh, just being reminded of that. Yeah, and I mean, being able to explore questions in community and be supported in the midst of that is is really helpful. I mean, when you get kind of alone, it's also easy to get so wrapped inside your own head and somebody not to have somebody out there going, hey, I think you're just looking at this the wrong way. Um, and then so many times that I've had issues or something, somebody just could come along and say, yeah, I'm not sure that you've looked at this quite the right way. Like just step back half step and look at this and then you realize like, oh, I have been looking at this the wrong way the whole time or, oh, I, I have, I hadn't considered it in that way. And it just can really be a sense of alleviating, um, concerns and doubts, but also, you know, someone to say, Hey, yeah, I've had that same doubt too. And walk with you in the midst of that. Yeah, no, I think the church is vitally important just that we are a community of faith. We are a community of doubters. We're a, a hospital for sinners. Right. You know, all those things are true. Even, I mean, there's often when, you know, at the church I go to, we, you know, weekly confess our, our faith by reciting the apostles creed. And once a month when we get fancy, we do the Nicene creed. And often I'll stop and listen and go, you know what? I'm not in this alone. You know, yeah. that I have, uh, these brothers and sisters around me who are confessing the same faith as I, uh, who are living by faith and not by sight. Um, and it's, it's, it's just a great reminder that I'm not alone, that I have God who's with us, but also the body of Christ is also with us. Um, so good stuff. Yeah. That's all I got. So the rain has stopped. The rain has stopped and it's time for lunch. So, yeah. So thanks again for everybody listening. I feel like in. Noah. What? I feel like Noah. The rain stopped. Yeah. But it was like 40 minutes. Wow. <laughs> for 40 minutes, you know, I didn't know if it was going to stop. Yeah. I true. had some doubts. Oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. So, well, thanks again for listening. Share this with your friends. And we will see you at RUF. I don't know. Looks like I'm going to have to roll. Looks like the Gulf of Mexico down by.
the Texaco, get down, everybody.